Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where we cut your learning curve with insights you can apply immediately to your farming operation. This episode is presented by Loveland Products. When it comes to crop inputs, you need products that are field proven to deliver both results and value. For more than 50 years, Loveland Products has been providing farmers with high-performance, value-driven product solutions designed to maximize productivity on every acre. Visit lovelandproducts.com to see how their innovative products can help you farm more profitably. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ice Cutting the Curve. We're talking today about efficiency of placement. We're talking about reduction of inputs. We're talking about environmental ism that's not regulated. It's actually done at your level for the benefit of your farm. And it may be something we have to do down the road to maybe appease certain environmental regulations that we are going to be meeting. But the point is, you're going to use maybe less resources, and you're going to still get peak yields. How do you do that? You do that by efficiency of placement. Mike Evans with Integrated Ag Solutions, also working side-by-side -side with Kelly Garrett, one of the founders of Extreme Ag, is on the call. Also, Mike Schwegman. Mike Schwegman is with a company called Capstan Ag. Capstan Ag is a manufacturer of a product called Select Shot. Essentially, just imagine the old days of a carburetor. A carburetor, uh, you know, it was fine. It got the engine to run, but it also wasn't really efficient. Then about 30 or so years ago, 40 years ago, we came up with this thing called fuel injection. Fuel injection was the idea you squirt the right amount of gas exactly where it needs to be at the right time. You use less of it and you get more power. That's to me what the select shot system is. Schwegman, Mr. Schwegman, am I right? Absolutely correct. Yeah. I like to also go back to Native Americans and think we're going to put a fish head down in every seat. Well, <laughs> that's good, but your system doesn't use fish heads. I don't think Mr. No. Evans, uh, you guys trialed this product last year. This, 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 it's a, it's a machine. It's a piece of equipment, you know, it's not a product. So tell us a little bit about from your perspective. I think it's always better rather than letting the, the company guy that's well-versed with this, you used it, explain it. I, I said the fuel injection system, you explain it from the on-farm hands-on experience, please. Yeah. When we tried this out last year, we put on a few planners kind of locally and I was pretty excited about it because for multiple reasons that obviously we're putting a, a concentrated dose around the corn seed but just from the operational side of it um i saw a lot of efficiencies you know even going into this year kelly's got three 24 row planters um we got to tend them all we could be eight to ten fills per day with a standard program we're hoping to reduce that by 30 percent less trips to the field less less manpower is really an efficiency thing in spring you know when we're looking at trying to get stuff done in a timely manner, way spring's going this year, it's going to be a little late and maybe a little bit uh, time sensitive. So keeping planter in the field longer, uh, less tending is a win for me in a lot of cases. What's interesting is I said it's an environmental story. Actually, I think it's an environmental story before anybody thinks that way, because the average farm person is going to first think, yeah, we love the environment. We own the land, all that. We, you know, we, we fish the streams and, you know, we got the legacy of the, of the resources. But the main thing is you just said it's also about efficiency of application of time because you're using less product. Because of the placement, you're using less of it, which means less gallons getting on a semi trailer to a tender tender truck, whatever. Is that what we're hearing? Yeah, I mean, we say we got 500 gallons on our our planters. So we're, if we're running like five gallons to the acre, that's 100 acres. 
Well, with a select shot, we can get another 30 acres out of that tank. So we're going longer in the field and not having to stop, uh, which is a huge benefit. Once, you know, most of our guys like to be in the planter running the equipment instead of filling every three hours or whatever it is. So it it's keeping things moving and being efficient with what we're doing. So essentially, he just said, Mr. Schwegman, that you're adding 30. So that's a 30 percent bump. On, in other words, you didn't sacrifice uh, anything. You didn't, you're at a 30 30 percent bump because of using less stuff. Is that a real number? Absolutely. And and the thing to add on to that, too, is, is that especially with today's climates and what we're seeing, we have a lot shorter window to be able to get these this crops out into the field with these weather that we're experiencing. So. Now all of a sudden this 30, this 30 more acres uh, per fill up now equates out to more acres per day. And now you just become more efficient to be able to get that crop in the ground quicker. Are we talking about using this just on starter fertilizer, uh, Mr. Evans? So not only are you getting the benefits, but you think about time piece of it in my mind, like we explained with that, you know, if you can plant say 20% more acres because you're filling less in a day, you're getting more done, um, less time sitting, less time running a tender to the field, having somebody around to do that. You know, the biggest thing I was thinking about before we got on this call was, you know, a lot of guys, we, you know, we're in Western Iowa. So starter is kind of a, I'd call about 20% of the guys that maybe have one on their corn finder. Um, and it's always, you talk to guys about it, and it's always a thing of less manpower. You know, not everybody's like Kelly Garrett's got three corn planters he's trying to take care of. Some guys are got a 16 row and it's a one man show, and they're like, well, "How am I going to tend that?" Well, maybe I look at it. This is an advantage of fill it once in a day and go plant, and you get everything done, and you fill. You know, that would help help a guy out as well to manage his labor size. That maybe you don't have the workforce to help him. Mike Schwegman, we talked about the reduction. We got hung up in some math there. So let's not get hung up in math. I, I'm sorry. I did that to make, make, make Evan, made Evans go and get contemplative about the math. I guess the point is, is it just starter fertilizer that we're, and the point is, we're using less of it because we're putting it where it needs to be. Is that the big story here? Absolutely. Um, it, from what I've seen, so I've been working with this product um, for quite a few years for Capstan. And it started out, to be honest with you, to be able to deliver a fertilizer in between the seeds. That's what it was originally designed to be able to, the thought about the theory about it, was to be able to keep a higher salted product off of the seed as you're planting in furrow. And what it's turned into being is it starts out that way. And since 2015, since I've been working on this product, the the mind change has started to change. Once they get this operation onto the, they get this equipment onto the field, it opens up their options, I guess you could have for different infra products to where now all of a sudden they're going, well, man, instead of 10.34.0 in my seed trench, what if I put a better product down? What if I add biologicals to it? What if I add an, an insecticide um, into this system to where I can maximize my application by putting it exactly where it needs to be at, directed to the seed. And whether if it's phosphorus or if it's nitrogen or if it's some biological product, um, now you're able to get a potential concentration right where it needs to be at, right when the seed needs it as well. All right. It sounds like a really neat thing that you're putting the pro the inputs that you need where you need them more efficiently. Obviously, it shoots it down in there. How's it work? Uh, and, and then also... 
is it too good to be true? I mean, you got a lot of crap. Garrett, like like Evans is talking about here at Garrett Land and Cattle, they got these three planters that run across a whole bunch of acres, and there's a lot going on. Not to mention their fields are slopy and curvy, and the idea is that this thing is. I'm sure it sounds neat in the lab. It seems like there could be a lot of room for failure. Sure. So the short term of it is, is that uh, you have a meter and whether that meter is a finger pickup meter, if it's a vacuum meter, um, it's going to deliver a seed to a seed tube. Now you have different seed tubes. So you have a seed tube that's just gravity. It's just an open hole and it passes a seed sensor and says, hey, I planted a seed. You also have a belt, um, a belt planter. You know, the meters delivering a seed to a belt and it's taking it down um, at a higher rate than what gravity can allow it to go to, to fall down through the seed tube at. Uh, another company uses a, a, a brush where it enters a uh, seed into a brush and that brush delivers a seed down the seed tube. So all these delivery mechanisms all have one thing in common and that's that they use a seed sensor. This seed sensor is detecting when that seed was planted. So what we do is, is that we tee into that sensor and we borrow that signal to say, hey, look, a seed just went past this sensor. So based upon time, we know that on a speed tube or a regular seed tube, it's going to take X number of milliseconds for that seed to go past the sensor till the time it hits the bottom of the seed trench. So because of that, we can open up our valve or our delivery mechanism to time that shot of product to be put down when that seed either hits the seed trench or right after it hits the seed trench. So that's how we deliver that mechanism uh, or that product down to the seed. So as long as gravity doesn't change, which I think we'd have bigger problems if it does for regular seed tubes, or we have a, um, de a mechanical delivery mechanism via a belt or a brush delivering the seed to the seed trench, we can, we're pretty accurate on getting that shot time down, down to hit that seed where you want it at. Uh, all right. That's the company guy, Evans. Uh, did you experience any problems? Remember, they've got fields. They got fields that are like, like, and if you're listening to this, I'm tilting in my chair to a 45 degree angle. And that might be, that might be actually a flatter field when I said 45 degrees. Are there, <laughs> gravity still works at 45 degrees, but it works a little differently. Does the system work? Did you see any um, variation of product because the whole thing is precise amount at the right time at the right place placement of nutrients did you see any variation or uh degree of change based on field conditions no it was pretty straightforward um as far as us last year we checked it i know Vern kelly's son checked it a couple of times when we were getting ready for some trials and stuff and he always said it was right on when he was out in the field so uh we had good really good performance in all our conditions Okay, so consistency is not going to be an issue. And then how many different things did you run through the select shot system? Um, probably 10 or 12. 10 or 12 different products going out, and it's all in the same squirt. I'm just going to clarify here because, remember, I'm, I'm playing like the person that doesn't know and has no familiarity. It's not like it squirts one thing and then another half meter or a centimeter, it squirts another thing. Is it, Mr. Schweig? No, it, no, no. It's, Sorry, the, it's, the... it's all the same. Whatever, whatever it can shoot, it can only shoot, it shoots the same thing every time it shoots, yes? Yes, that is correct. It shoots a blend. If you have a blend, it shoots a blend. If you have one product, it shoots one product. Okay. And then, is it true that you can place it like, I want this to be one centimeter away from my seed? Is it really that accurate? 
Yeah, within a centimeter. If he said millimeters, I would say I'd probably make an argument there. But centimeter, yes, I would say the centimeter is going to get you really accurate. Um, we do have some delivery methods, so we open it up. We've always used a, a stainless steel tube in the past to be able to deliver the product, and we opened it up to um, a seed firmer or something that's going to give a little flex going through the field. And at that point in time, I, we cannot guarantee the shot's going to be there at the exact same spot every single time when you have something that's moving through the field like a firmer. Um, it's going to vary just a little bit, but we've, we have not been able to see where that's changed the effectiveness of what the product is doing to deliver that, to deliver that product right where we say it's going to be delivered. Got it. I want to talk about the 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 lessons learned that maybe I'm not thinking of. Evans is going to tell us that. But before we do that, I want to, since we're on the subject of nutrient uh, reduction in terms of using less resources to still uh, get the fertility we need and get the same yield, I want to remind our listeners that corn stalks retain up to 80% of the potassium, 40% of the phosphorus, and 30% of the nitrogen that you applied to last year's corn crop. Did you know that? You probably didn't. Maybe you did. If you listen to the Extreme Ag Cutting the Curve podcast, you may have known that. Point is, you can save money and boost your yields by extracting last year's fertility for this year's crop. How do you do that? You do that by applying extract, powered by accomplish, to your surface crop residue. In other words, it helps you break down and seek and get the fertility from last year's corn stalks for this year's crops. Exclusively available from Nutrient Ag Solutions. We're talking about extract powered by Accomplish. For more information, contact your local Nutrient Ag Solution crop consultant. All right. Did you see anything that gave you pause? Did you see anything that you're like, here's something we're going to do better next year? Did you see anything that's like, hey, you know what? This select shot's an awesome system. I just need to know this to be better at it next year. Mike Evans. Yeah. Uh, you know, last year we just kind of got our feet wet with uh, kind of how to handle the mix, if you say, of our planter and crew um, when the shooting. We didn't really do the dose per seed very much last year because we were just kind of weren't sure of, of what we were doing on our end, understanding it. So this year, going in this year with the guys from Capstan, Brian and Derek, who we work with, uh, gave me a calculator that Capstan's made and really opened my eyes to what we're doing, actually, with flow rates and how much we're actually concentrating on the seed. So it's actually with the mix that we're running at Kelly's, we're backing some, we're actually cutting rates. I know that sounds weird, but we're cutting rates uh, on products on a total acre idea you know like it says we're what i need to put a cord on well i'm backing it down to a pint and with the select shot i'm actually getting an effective cord on there if that makes sense right mike i mean that that's kind of what i'm i'm thinking of some of these products and then we're staying standard with some of them and we're getting essentially 30 40 percent more rate on it so we're effectively getting more rate on it and that that's how we're looking at it and that you know, last year we really didn't look at it that way. We just dosed it as we went across the field. And I think there's a lot of power in that system uh, being able to do that. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, you, you got it right there. That The calculator that we developed um, to be able to be able for people to understand that, you know, to say that we didn't learn things back when we first started developing a product, having that concentration would be a lie. You know, we, we learned a lot. We've burnt seeds. We haven't burnt seeds. We, you know, before it came to the market, we was able to figure out what that concentration could actually do. So you do have to be mindful for that. And, um, you know, to get that proper is, it's very hard to wrap your head around. Um, 
fortunately I've been working with it for a long time. So I I've got that, but yeah, you're that effective product that, that concentration of product, you know, you're, if you would leave your rate the same. So as you were saying before, at five gallons of the acre and uh, as a dribble, if you keep that with select shot, but your, your shot now is half the distance of the seed. So you just effectively put down a concentration equivalent to 10 um, because you're putting it the same amount of mill, um, same amount of ounces or milliliters down in a three, in a, in half the distance. So your concentrations is double. And um, that's, that's what makes it a little bit more difficult to be able to get the 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 active ingredient part correct. All right, uh, Mike Evans, you and I recorded something. You're big on. We talked about variable rate nitrogen. Uh, you and Kelly and I, and then variable rate populations based on conditions, based on the field. You know, from the best part of your ground to the worst part of the ground. And the point that you guys made was you're wasting seed sometimes in your lower performing soils. Uh, so I'm just, I'm a guessing if you're doing variable rate population, this capstan ag select shot system is also going to vary right along with it. In other words, if I'm going from 22,000 to 35,000, the, the nutrients aren't going to stay the same. It's going to go right along with the seed count. Am I right? Yeah. I just, when it sees a seed, it's, it'll dose. So it's falling right along with it. Okay, so the, and, and that's not something I don't have to get out the wrenches and make a big adjustment. It just goes right along with whatever the seed population. When it, when seed drops, it squirts. Yep, it's all on the monitor, all on the control system. All right, real life then uh, results. Did you save a bunch of stuff? Did you use a bunch less stuff? I mean, did you know, is it true that you like, you started looking at it and then run the gallons or run the dollars is it is it like yeah man this this absolutely we saved we've saved stuff yeah um you know with what system we on kelly's planner we did more trials and stuff we didn't really get a, a overall picture but his brother-in-law we put one on his 24 row he we planned 60 100 gallons of inferro with him around there for the season and he ended up paying for 4500 gallon um so you know do the math on that it almost paid for itself in one year that's the other um, that's the other part there's the the money because someone's going to say hey that's great i use a little less stuff uh i use a little less input starter fertilizer what have you but how much am i paying for the system and maybe we don't need to give the exact number because you don't know because you're the engineer what are you actually you i got your title here i thought it was a pretty impressive title by the way mike schlegman we said we're going into titles it's a senior precision technician so are you are you the money guy or do you know no um Am I the money guy? No, I'm not. Uh, titles are pretty much voided at Capstan. We don't really, we have a title, but it means nothing. I mean, it doesn't mean nothing, but um, we, we all wear many hats. So as far as price line goes, do I know some prices? Absolutely. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm here just to help uh, our dealers, our growers, our technicians to better understand not only this product, but all of our products. Yeah. I think the big, and, and I think the big one here is, and I, I did a little research. See, I'm, I'm baiting you here, Mr. Schwegman. I think I remember the number being like 1200 bucks per row. Uh, is that sound like a reasonable number? Yes, it is. So it would be $1,200 a row approximately uh, without a pump and, you know, some plumbing and stuff. We do offer to sell, you know, those products if, uh, if a grower doesn't want to have to purchase them themselves. 
and a good price goes up a little bit because you got to buy a pump and a PWM valve and a flow meter and those things aren't cheap, but uh, it typically it's around $1,200 a road for the electronics and the harnesses and the valves and that sort of stuff. Okay. So the point is, can you justify by you, how, how long, how much less stuff do you use um, to, to pay for 1200 bucks a row? And Mike Evans, you'd say, I don't know, does one season, does one season get you there? You know, doing the math on some of the, we put two of them on the other 24 rows this year on Kelly's and just doing the math on him, it was about a year and year, a little over a year and a half payback by just product savings. You know, they, you can figure in a yield bump, which we're going to do some more trials and see what, what yield benefit we're getting from it as well. Um, but that was just in product savings for the, for the cost of the program. So, yeah. So it's not a terribly long payback. Uh, do you think, you know, I talk about the environmental angle on this. Are we going to get to where we have no choice but to do this? You know, they're talking about, uh, you know, reductions on nitrogen. There's big calls for that now from the environmental crowd. Reductions on, uh, you know, uh, phosphates that we started seeing in places where, like where Temple Roads is because of the Chesapeake Bay watershed. Are we going to get to where this is almost, it's not just standard equipment, it's required equipment? What do you think? What are you hearing? Either of you. Um, I would, yeah, go ahead, Mike. Um, I could see it, um, definitely coming about with all the things you said. Um, but I, you know, I just think from a farmer aspect that why would, I mean, I guess why wouldn't you do it? If it's a simple system, it really is. We ran a lot of different furrow and furrow systems here with Kelly and a couple of the customers and it's simple and benefit of concentration that dose just makes a lot of sense to me and, and and all the agronomic benefits that go with it as well just fall in line so i mean kind of get ahead of the curve by dealing with a system like this you know for when those regulations do show up and you have to scramble i mean it i, I agree with you i could see where that becomes especially like with temple out in maryland and the phosphorus things there's other areas of the, of the country that are dealing with phosphorus you know um, that's a big deal. And, and to be able to concentrate that phosphorus and get a little more effective rate out, I, w- I would think that'd be a big deal to some guys. Uh, and Mr. Schwegman. Yeah, I agree. You know, as far as, um, as far as it being regu- regulated or mandatory to be able to put something like this out there, I, I think we're a ways away from that. But with that being said, I don't think it's as far out as what we want to admit to either. Um, you got Lake Erie, you got the Chesapeake Water Bay, um, or Chesapeake Bay Watershed as well. Um, those are all prime examples, you know, that like, as Mike was talking about there, the phosphorus, you know, phosphorus is a very, very unique animal, I guess, within itself, right? It's, it's very immobile. Um, it doesn't move very much, what, like one or two millimeters a year, I think. Um, but not only that, it's got to be close within the roots to be able to pick up, I, and you can correct me, I'm not an agronomist by any means, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's got to be within, what, one or two millimeters of the roots as well uh, before a plant will even pick it up. So it's got to be in really close proximity, and it doesn't move. Um, so if you can if you can lower your overall application and putting it right where it needs, because um, if, if that phosphorus is uh, three inches away, it's going to take a while for that root to be able to overget to it if it uses, you know, what, 20 or 30% of it when it's within its first two weeks of its life. So it, that's where I think the biggest benefit in the, in the future is going to be putting this uh, more of a phosph- phosphate or phosphorus product down in the relationship to the seed. 
personally. <laughs> Mr. Evans, you'd you'd say yes that that's the that that everything he said you agree with. Yeah, I mean, those are all important points he hit on with what that application does. And your big takeaway here is you say it, it may become an environmental thing that we end up having to do. You say the the benefits justify the move to this system regardless, just because of uh, you get more efficiency in terms of the timing. You get more stuff done. You're you're not out of the tractor filling. You're not using less stuff, and you're not sacrificing a yield. You say the economics and the efficiency of product usage are the reasons to switch over anyway. Yeah, I mean, even before you brought up environmental, I just thought that. And not, just thought that myself, not even from a, a regulatory aspect. Um, I just think of there would be so much benefit from guys looking at and applying these onto their operations in an inferno. You're going to go with two of the three planters are going to be equipped with this this year. Three, three of the four. Well, three are going to have select shot. The bean planters just got a, a the select shot or the capstan control system on it. So, okay. So that's the other thing. I guess we. I, I guess I keep thinking corn, uh, bean planters. Does this work on bean plant? Do I need it, Mister Schwegman? Um, no, you're a farmer. Besides your title of senior precision technician at Selectshire <laughs> or Capstan, you're a farm guy, also, right? Oh, absolutely. I've got a, yeah, sixth generation farm. Really small. Don't farm a lot, but uh, been in agriculture all my life. Um, does it and work by the beans? way, the list hey, the, we before we hit record in Batesville, Indiana, where they make Batesville caskets. So your choice was farm and get working for Capstan Ag, or go and de design new caskets. That's kind of what you're looking at, right? Yeah, for the, that and the hospital beds. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, they always say we got you coming and going, beginning of life and end of life. I guess, but um, no, we uh, when it comes to beans, you know, to answer that question. That's a lot of that's a lot of seeds per second, right? You know, you're planting 130,000 population at six miles an hour. I don't know what that is off the top of my head, but it's probably pushing 40 to 50 seeds a second is what you're dropping through a seed tube at that point. And I might be off on those numbers. I don't know. I'm just guessing to be strictly honest with you there. But the uh, we this not to talk about specifically this system, but it is capable of not only doing a shot per seed, but also being a standard dribble system to where you can put a orifice plate in and at a, you know, we're going to increase and decrease the pump speed to change the amount of flow based upon your speed you're going to be able to get the right rate out as a, as a whole, not just as a per seed basis. Okay. So, so uh, I, by the way, I'm not even sure what question I asked that he went down that whole road right there. I was trying to talk about his farms and caskets. Next thing you know, he's talking about 130,000. So I said, does it actually work? Uh, it worked just well on soybeans. And uh, his point was, yes, you're not going to put the select shot on the soybean planter yet at Garrett Land and Cattle is what Mr. Evans is saying. Mike Evans. Yes. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. Typically we don't. Do we have people doing it? To answer that question, yes, we do, but um, typically, no, you would not put selection on a bean planter for specifically beans. Okay. Is that coming? Is there a reason to do it? You just don't see a reason for it. You don't see it. You don't see it. First off, you're saying with such population, it's going to be hard to even, it's going to be hard to even dribble. The, it's going to be hard to put it where it needs to be. Yeah. It's by the time your shot starts or stops, the next one's going to begin. So you're pretty much a dribble any which direction. So that's why, it, you know, just there's so many seeds per foot that it doesn't really pay to shoot um, a shot at every seed. 
Understood. Does select shot have an application besides corn? I mean, we said no on soybeans. Does it have an application? You know, we got cotton people, we got rice people, we got other, you know, we got other stuff here. Peanuts, for God's sakes. Extreme Ag now has Caleb Trow down in uh, Georgia, who's a peanut guy. First guy since Jimmy Carter's brother that's been a peanut guy. We're excited about that. Um, yes, peanuts, no. Uh, peanuts are planted about the same as um, soybeans, about two to two and a half inches apart as far as your seed spacing goes. Cotton, um, we've done some experiments. We've worked with um, the universe, or Auburn University. We worked with Mississippi State University, Darren Dodds, um, testing some different products out for cotton. Um, I really can't speak to how those results turned out, but more or less, a lot of it was putting an insecticide to take to control thrips, a little bug that likes to eat cotton plants, um, or thrips, or however you say that little bug. But um, that was a lot of what the studies were done in the early on stage. And then, um, you know, it, as far as uh, other countries, you know, we've got other people within other countries that's using this product for sunflowers. That's another big thing um, is sunflowers over in Europe that they're they're using this because that seed spacing resembles corn um, or maize, which is relatively the same thing. I mean, maize is corn. Um, so, yeah, we there is other products that you can utilize it on that with the open mode is what we call it. Um, in that mode, we're we're gonna open up our valve when that seed sensor sees uh, a plant or a seed falling through it. So, you know, it, essentially if you would have electric row shutoffs and that row shuts off, then that fertilizer is gonna shut off. So now all of a sudden you have an individual row shutoff system based upon when that seed's falling through a seed sensor. Mike Evans is nodding his head. It could be that he's agreeing with everything you said, or it could be that someone in the other room is saying, are you ready for lunch? You don't know with that guy. You never know with that guy. Where are you nodding your head, Evans? Well, I was just thinking the, the row, section, row section control that, you know, you get with it. It's row by row, and you really don't need to, you know, if you look in the GPS equipment world, if you do that on some other systems, you need a high-grade GPS receiver. Like, you got to spend another five, $6,000 for that. You don't need that with this. I mean, it's all based off the seed. So really you're getting that advantage without having to have an extra expense um, with this equipment. Cause you just, no matter what GPS signal you got, it's going off the seed and it follows that. So I, I think that's pretty good. I like it. Uh, by the way, uh, I think we've covered this subject. We're using less stuff where it's efficiency of placement. And then also you answered the question, it's not going to work on soybeans. It's going to work on corn. It also works on sunflowers. I like the fact that Mike Schwegman, senior precision technician for uh, Capstan Ag, he's kind of a history guy. He knew about Minutemen from the Revolutionary War reference. Then he talked about putting fish heads next to the corn seed as the Native Americans did. Then he started talking about maize. I want to bring him back sometime and talk about old crops like flax. Let's come on. Let's have a whole episode talking about flax. Sure. All right. Uh, his, name's, his name's Mike Schwegman. If you want to find out more about ancient crops and ancient cropping history, uh, he's the smartest guy to come out of Batesville, Indiana that I've ever met. And then Mike Evans works for Integrated Ag Solutions. That's his own company that he uh, is uh, in partnership with Kelly Garrett and uh, another guy named Mike Wingrove, who's yet to be on one of our podcast episodes. Uh, anyway, out of uh, area in Iowa. If they want to learn more about this, where do they go, Mr. Schwegman? Um, you could go to our website at capstanegg.com, um, pick on select shot, and uh, we got a lot of information on there. Go to a local dealer, and uh, I think our dealer list is on there too. 
I love it. Um, I now have decided he's only three hours away from my farm. We're going to have to have some kind of a connection and maybe bring Evans in. And we're going to, you know, we're going to get together. We might catch fish, eat the fish, put the fish heads in. We might revisit <laughs> the whole thing about, about flax, maize, uh, ancient crops. I love this whole thing. Barley. All right. Till next time, that's Mr. Schwegman from Capstan Ag and Mike Evans, uh, who's been on here a lot, and you know him. He's an he's an ex, he's an extreme ag guy, uh, 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 contributor, I guess I should call him. Anyway, till next time, I'm David Mason. And this is Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. But there is plenty more available by visiting extremeag.farm. For over 50 years, farmers have turned to the proven lineup of crop inputs offered by Loveland Products. From seed treatments, plant nutrition, adjuvant, and crop protection products, Loveland has the complete lineup to keep your farming operation productive and most importantly, profitable. Check out lovelandproducts.com to learn more.